It's time for America Outdoors Radio, the show that covers the outdoor scene across the U.S. of A. and the entire continent. Fishing, hunting, conservation, outdoor recreation, and great destinations, we cover it all every week. It's your country, your outdoors. Let's explore it together with your host, John Cruz. Welcome aboard. I wanted to start off with an interesting tidbit from Target Walleye and a little interview they did with Minnesota fishing guide Scott Seibert about targeting shallow early season walleye. According to Seibert, spring walleye patterns on northern Minnesota fisheries often occur in less than 12 feet of water. And that's a mistake a lot of anglers make is looking too deep for the fish when they're actually up shallow. A case in point are Lake Winnebagoshish and Leech Lake. They both hold tremendous walleye populations, and they both share a common popularity in that they have shallow weed line bites that often occur in less than 10 feet of water. And here's a real good nugget for you. One of the best times to go fishing in the spring for walleye is when the lilacs bloom, because that often coincides with the shiner spawn, and those shiners are a huge food source for those shallow water walleye. So there you go. Go shallow and go fishing when the lilacs are blooming in the northern states, and you'll probably have a great day of walleye fishing. Our thanks to Scott Seibert for sharing this great information. This week on the show, we've got some great guests for you in just a minute. We're going to talk to Jake Bouchard. He's with Delta Waterfowl about their university hunting program. And this is something that's really interesting because... It targets students who are interested in wildlife management and introduces them to hunting. You would think that most folks in that field would be hunters or anglers, but as you'll find out from Jake, that is not necessarily the case at all. With Memorial Day weekend just a week away, a lot of folks are going to be boating and camping. We've got some boating safety tips for you at the end of the show. And in just a few minutes, you're going to hear from Brooks Hansen, our friend from Camp Chef, who's got some suggestions for stoves you can use for cooking up food at the campground while you're camping. In addition to this, Brooks has also got some great ideas for things to eat while you're camping too. After we talk to Brooks, we get a chance to talk to one of the most popular outdoors personalities out there. That would be that would be Randy Newberg, big game hunting expert, public lands advocate, and an occasional guest on our show, and I value it every time he comes on board. The topic this week is going to be OutdoorClass.com. That is the online university, primarily for hunters, that he has put together with several other experts. And whether you want to up your big game hunting game, learn how to cook wild fish and wild game, or learn survival skills, there is a lot here for you. And Randy has got a brand new course coming out that's all about pronghorn hunting. Our final guest of the day, that would be Wendy Boyer. She's out in the Columbia Gorge near the Dalles in the little town called Rufus, and they've got a catfish derby coming up May 27th and 28th. It looks like it's going to be all sorts of fun to fish. Put it all together, and we've got a great show coming your way. So let's get things started with our first guest of the day. Next on America Outdoors Radio, Delta Waterfowl. They call themselves the Duck Hunters Organization, and they are living up to that with a brand new program they have at universities all over America. With us here to tell you more about this program that recruits new hunters into the sport and also helps to make sure that people in the field of wildlife management actually understand how hunting is a conservation tool is Jake Bouchard. He's the R3 coordinator for Delta Waterfowl. Jake, welcome to the show. 
Hey, John, thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to be on here and talk about our university program. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners about it? The press release was really intriguing. Uh, sure. So our university hunting program was a program we started in 2017. We did a study of a lot of the major universities that offer a waterfall-specific program, like LSU, Colorado State, Clemson, universities like that, and found the alarming stat that about 70% of current management students had never hunted before. Um, some of them had predispositions against hunting. So we saw that as a major problem at Delta because these are students who are going to be using taxpayer dollars and hunter license fees to manage resources sources for groups that they don't understand, in some cases are actively against. So we started this program with the dual purpose of educating these future wildlife management professionals in the importance of hunting in conservation and in the North American model of wildlife conservation, and also recruiting them to the hunting population. I am so glad that you're doing this. In my home state of Washington, we actually have a commission that its members, actually a majority of them, are against the North American model of conservation. A lot of the members of WDFW do not fish or hunt. So trying to reverse this trend and, and make sure that these people understand the importance of hunting and conservation through hunting is really critical. So how does the program work? How do you actually get these people that may not be inclined to hunt to go hunting? So we start off by working with professors at the university. We run most of the recruitment tools through different wildlife professors. And some of them are hunters, some of them are not. But most of them, are, almost all of them, are open to offering the opportunity to their students. So from there, after they're interested in the program, it incorporates four main programs. So all the students run through a hunter safety course. Then they go through a shooting skills and safety day. So we take them to a range. We bring in instructors. We go through gun safety because in addition to not hunting, a majority of these students have actually never fired a gun before. We want them to feel comfortable and then safety is always a key aspect as well. So we let them shoot, go through gun safety, and then we take them on an actual mentored hunt. So Delta Waterfowl, we prefer these to be a waterfowl hunt, but we're open to goose, duck, uh, we've done some crane hunts, different things like that, just trying to get the students out there to show them there's so much more to hunting than what they actually see on TV. It's all about the waking up in the morning, seeing the birds come in. They get a chance to see the funding that they put into this through buying the license at different WMAs and management areas across the country. And then after the hunt, we take them through a wild game feed. So ideally, they've had a chance to harvest some birds. We go through cleaning the birds, cooking the birds, because that's such an integral part of the process. And it's actually a lot of the students' favorite parts and why a lot of the new students seem to be getting into it as far as trying to find a reusable and sustainable food source. This program actually started in the late 1990s at Louisiana State University. How many universities is it at now? Currently, last year, we ran it through 72 universities across the United States and Canada. We have the goal this upcoming season of stretching that into 100. And how can some of our listeners who either have kids who are in wildlife management in college or maybe they're listening themselves, how can they get involved with this program? If they're interested in getting involved, uh, all my contact info is on our website at deltawaterfall.org. Please feel free to reach out to me, send me an email, give me a phone call. Like I said, we're trying to get as involved as we can. We want to grow this program to all 494 universities in the United States and Canada that offer a wildlife program. Well, I would love to see this, and I also love the fact that this sounds like a great way to recruit new people who have a vested interest into the sport. And it's probably too early to tell, but have you been able to find any sort of data that would suggest the retention rate for these new recruits? 
So we actually ask all students who participate to fill out three surveys for us. A pre-survey, so we can kind of gather their background info. A post-survey, which we send out immediately after the hunt. And then a follow-up survey we send out three months after to see if the students have actually continued hunting. Based on what we've seen so far, about 90% of the students who participate plan to continue to hunt. And based on our follow-up surveys, about 70% actually do continue hunting after participating. So we're seeing great retention rates so far. And we're currently working with different state agencies on ways to track these individuals throughout years so we can see how many are continuing to buy hunting license every year. Tell you what, Delta Waterfowl's University Hunting Program sounds like a great program indeed. Check out more at deltawaterfowl.com. That's the website to go to. And if you're not a member, consider joining this organization as well. Jake, thanks so much for sharing this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me. Ready to step up to a quality-built rifle or shotgun that's a true classic? Check out Henry Repeating Arms, American-made. There's over 200 models to choose from in a variety of finishes and calibers for hunters and target shooters. Many of these are lever-action models with a look right out of the Old West. Don't be deceived, though. Henry Repeating Arms are modern, rugged, accurate, reliable, and have a lifetime guarantee. Find out more and order a free catalog today at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com. We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstances, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the darkest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join huntofalifetime.org to help make dreams come true. To provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities, Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit huntofalifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference. That's huntofalifetime.org. Are you looking to reel in the marketing opportunity of a lifetime? Then set the hook because we've got it right here for you. America Outdoors Radio has sponsorships available, and we offer affordable platforms to reach thousands of listeners interested in fishing, hunting, and the outdoors. Find out more by contacting John Cruz through his website at AmericaOutdoorsRadio.com. That's AmericaOutdoorsRadio.com. Hurry, though. If you wait too long, the big opportunity might just get away. AmericaOutdoorsRadio.com. Why book at Sportsman's Cove Lodge? Why is Alaska like no other place on earth? It hasn't changed in thousands of years. From the way you get here on a float plane to the way you go out with the guides and the boats, it's just a professional experience. And I said, this is as good as it gets. I said, if you can't catch fish here, you can't catch fish anywhere. Your experience with us will leave you speechless. Book now at alaskasbestlodge.com.
You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. Memorial Day weekend is right around the corner, the official start of camping season. A lot of folks will be packing state campgrounds, national parks, county campgrounds, etc., and they're all going to be cooking up food. That's why we've got Brooks Hansen on the line from Camp Chef to help all of you who are going out there cook up some good food as opposed to some not-so-good food. Brooks, welcome to the show. Hey, John. It's good to be on the show. Well, it's always great to have you on the show. And I thought we would start off by talking about a, a couple of the camp stoves that you have that people use when it comes to car camping. You know, two-burner camp stoves seem to be all the rage. Throw them on a picnic table and get to cooking. And you've got like three different models that you have, don't you? We do. We've got a lot of different models when it comes to campground cooking or portable cooking or any um, type of uh camp cooking, we've got you covered. And you talk about two-burner stoves, we have more bigger robust, like our Explorer or our Pearl 14 series, which is not going to sit on a camp table. It's got folding legs or, or detachable legs. It's going to be more your bigger style camp stove that if you're feeding a crowd, I'd say larger than five, fits in perfect. And then we've got what people would re- refer to as suitcase or tabletop stoves. And we've got our two-burner Everest stove, which is 20,000 BTU burners. One of the only stoves of its kind on the market. It won numerous awards. It's just a bomb-proof stove with high-pressure burners. It can boil water in minutes. Also, it can be turned down low to simmer. Or, you know, maybe you're cooking pancakes or French toast and you don't need all that heat. We have our Rainier stove, which is the same body style as the Everest, but it comes with a grill and a griddle as one half of the stove over the burner. And then it's got an 8,000 BTU burner on one side of the stove. So if you want to get that pot of coffee going in the morning or maybe you're boiling some noodles or, or rice or something on the side while you're grilling up your proteins or veggies on the grill or griddle. And then we also, another tabletop stove that's super popular is our Versatop. Our Versatop is a one-burner flat-top griddle, but it's modular, so it can have the same modular accessories that are on our Pro 14 or Explore stoves can interchange. So you can have the flat-top on there, or you could pull that off and put a grill box on. You could take the grill box off and put a pizza oven on. So there's all sorts of uh, ideas or cooking ways when you when you start talking about the Versatop. So, yeah, those are some of our our mainstays when it comes to car camping and hoping to see a lot of those stoves out here in the wild. Memorial Day weekend right around the corner, like you mentioned. Oh, absolutely. And when it comes to maybe getting off the grid a little bit, you actually have a great camp stove, too, the Striker. And I love this one because it basically comes with its own cup, for lack of a better word, and it boils water in literally less than a minute. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a good little stove. Great stove. The The cool part or feature about the Striker is we, we make a dual fuel model. So with one little attachment, you can convert that, and the attachment comes with it, from propane to isobutane. So let's say weight is not an issue and you're not backpacking, but you still want to have you know, a pot to boil some water real quick to maybe make some instant coffee on the road or, or maybe even pour over coffee or hot chocolate or maybe you're boiling water for a, a, an MRE-style meal. And weight's not an issue, and isobutane is not as readily available fuel as propane. Seems like the one-pound propane canisters can probably be found in about every gas station across the country or, or small grocery store. So it's a lot more readily available fuel. It's cheaper and burns clean. And that's kind of one option why we have that dual fuel mode. There's one little piece that you can just swap depending on what type of fuel you're going to use. So if you are going to use that stove to backpack and weight is an issue, size is an issue, you're going to want to use the isobutane. Just leave the part at home. 
keep that in your car or tailgate and you want to boil some water, you can burn propane. So cool features on that striker stove. And I would also tell you that I, I went to Yellowstone a couple years ago. And Yellowstone, high elevation. And propane doesn't work so great when it comes to high elevation, but isobutane does. And that striker stove was perfect for me. I was eating a lot of freeze-dried food, you know, just kind of like eating and going in the morning to go see all the wildlife. And, and it was great. One other thing we should talk about is uh, something I got for my son, and it's your portable barbecue grill that is great for tailgating, you know, whether it's football season or, again, car camping. This thing's great for grilling up steaks and burgers. Yeah, it's just a nice, small grill that, like you mentioned, is portable, can go anywhere. Throw it on the back of the tailgate, throw it on the picnic table at the campsite. Just another option with the many options that we have over at Camp Chef. If you can... Uh, cook it outside, we've got an apparatus that will make that happen. All right. Well, let's switch topics here, and let's talk about cooking up good campground food. A lot of folks settle for burnt hot dogs and burnt marshmallows. I know we can do better than that. Give us a couple of ideas. I do enjoy a good smash burger. So if you got the griddle, the flat top griddle on one of our stoves, I like to do a nice smash burger. You, you roll the ground beef into a, about a quarter pound ball, and then once you throw it on the grill, you smash it with the spatula as flat as you possibly can. So smash burgers is a staple. I like to get as creative as I can. I mean, the more prep you do at home, the better off you're going to be at camp. So you can take some chicken breasts and pound them out flat and make a, an easy chicken cordon bleu sandwich out in the campground. We have our pizza oven. Let's get creative. Everybody likes pizza. Oh, yes. You can buy pre-made dough or you can get an easy dough recipe and, and let it rise while you're out doing your activities. Let that rise in the cooler. Come back, stretch those doughs out. Put one of our pizza ovens on the Versatop or our Pro 14 stove and you can have a camp pizza. So there's some options. Sounds fantastic. And you've got accessories so that you can cook up uh, desserts too, don't you? We do. There's a lot of accessories that you can use for desserts. It just depends on how creative you want to be. You can use a pizza oven with our scooky pans, and you can bake in there. You can also use our camp oven where you can bake cookies. And then roasting sticks. You want to talk about roasting sticks, if you check out CampChef.com under the roasting sticks, you should find a link to our s'mores recipe. And we talked about nobody likes burnt marshmallows, but I think everybody likes a gourmet s'more. We've got some really cool recipes there that might involve, like, peanut butter cups and salted caramel and Nutella certain uh, caramel and chocolate drizzle. You can get creative with your s'mores. You know, every time I talk to you, I walk away hungry. And speaking of which, we can't not talk about Dutch ovens because that's another thing we've got to talk about when it comes to camp cooking. And you've definitely got some Dutch oven pots that are definitely worth using. And give us one can't-miss dessert recipe. Ooh, I'm going to go old school. I'm going to go with a cobbler. I love a good peach cobbler. So I'm going to take a Dutch oven, I'm going to, I'm going to use our 12-inch Dutch oven, and I'm going to make a delicious peach cobbler. Oh, all right. Folks, if you want to find out about all of these stoves and the Dutch ovens and everything else we talked about, along with lots of recipes, the website to go to is very simple. It's campchef.com. That's campchef.com. You'll find Camp Chef products at Cabela's, Bass Pro, Sports Warehouse, Shields, and all the big box stores, and you'll... Also find them in other quality sporting goods stores, too. But you can find everything you want, including the recipes, at CampChef.com. Brooks, always a pleasure, sir, to talk to you on America Outdoors Radio. Absolutely, John. It's been great to catch up. Hey, let's make it a goal to get out and cook something this summer. I love it.
Well, if you're going to be cooking at camp, you know that you're going to need some cutlery for that, and you're going to want that cutlery to be sharp. And that's where our friends WorkSharp come in. They've got all sorts of knife and tool sharpeners for you to use while you're out camping. They've got manual knife sharpeners that work great, and they've got powered knife sharpeners too if you have electricity at your site or maybe you're camping in an RV. They also have an entire lineup of kitchen cutlery sharpeners too. So check them all out at WorkSharpTools.com. That's the website to go to, WorkSharpTools.com. You can also find WorkSharp knife and tool sharpeners in quality sporting goods stores all over America. We've been telling you about Sportsman's Cove Lodge in southeast Alaska for a while now. They're truly Alaska's best lodge. Wildlife is abundant, from bears and deer to eagles and whales. And let's not forget the reason you're here, the fishing. Halibut, salmon, lingcod, rockfish, true cod, and more. It's all waiting for you in abundance at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book your trip today at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. Welcome back to America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We've got one of my favorite guests on the line. That would be Randy Newberg, that very well-known hunting expert and public lands advocate who is one of the founders of OutdoorClass.com. And if you are looking to up your game as a hunter, especially a big game hunter, this is the subscription website for you. Randy, welcome back to the show. John, thanks for having me. I always enjoy to catch up with you. You and I saw each other a few times this spring, and uh, here we are now. It's finally May before you've been able to get me on your calendar, so sorry about that. That's all right. You're just too darn popular, Randy. That's the problem. (laughs) Or I sleep too much, one or the other. (laughs) I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it. Now, I know you are getting ready to head to Alaska for a black bear hunt, so I don't want to keep you, but I do want you to go ahead and tell our listeners who are not aware of outdoor class.com how this all came about this kind of online university for big game hunters yeah it, it came about with about two years of kicking the ball back and forth trying to figure out how do we get information to people in a very professional manner a manner that's structured according to what teaching curriculums are and me and a couple other people were trying to figure this out and my buddy Corey Jacobson had founded the University of Elkine which was an online teaching course. And Corey said, well, why don't we build from this? I said, all right. So Corey's University of Elk Hunting course is kind of one of the core parts of outdoor class. But on top of that, we have, as you've seen, expanded it to so many different subject matter experts, so many additional topics, and so many more to come that it just seemed like the right time to do it. People have really embraced 
embrace the idea of online learning. And some of the most common emails we would get or still get are about where can I learn more, where can I learn more. So outdoorclass.com is the place where they can learn more. Well, you certainly have some great hunting experts, yourself included, and Corey Jacobson, multi-first place winner for elk calling contests from the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. you got Remy Warren, who is one of the best when it comes to mule deer hunting. And I see that you've added Bo Martonic to the list. He's a frequent guest on the show, and he is the man behind East Meets West Hunt Podcast. And he's really dialed in on whitetail deer hunting back east in Pennsylvania. Yeah, we just got done filming Bo. His course will get published sometime later this summer. So we're we're trying to, uh, there's a, a bit of a fine line where you don't want to be so elementary that people don't get anything out of it. In fact, I would say this is not a one-on-one level. This is like 303 type stuff, 404 type stuff that these people are teaching. But you also want to give something to people who hunt more than just the West. And so that's why you see we have Bo. We're talking to some people about turkeys. We're talking to some people about instructing waterfowl. But right now, as you look at the course list, Remy's teaching mule deer. Corey and I are teaching elk. I have pronghorn. And then we have all the cooking and chefs that are there showing you, how do you take care of this? How do you do justice to this once you get it home? So I guess that is a true field-to-table experience that we're trying to provide. Well, and it's funny you mention that because so many people are getting into hunting because of that field-to-table experience. And man, oh man, you've got one of my favorites that's on your staff, Hank Shaw. He knows how to cook game and fish like nobody else. Yeah, I was so happy when Hank just jumped at it. He said, you bet, I'll do this. And so his first class launched last fall, and it's related to venison care and cooking venison. And now we just wrapped up his course on cooking fish. And most of us who hunt also fish, and you're not going to find a more skilled person than Hank Shaw and a great communicator, a great teacher. So we're about ready to release his second course later this summer, and uh, we got him on the hook for a third course. So we have him. We have a couple other chefs that we've already recorded, some of them. Jamie Teagan, uh, her course came out last year. We got her course coming out, I think, this fall. So, yeah, there's going to be plenty of cooking knowledge to be had there in addition to all the hunting knowledge. Let's talk a little bit about the class that you've got coming out, and it's all about antelope hunting. But I want to tie it into something about antelope eating. Growing Mm -hmm. up, I had a lot of people tell me that, yeah, hunting antelope is fun, but the meat's not very good. But then, as I got into this industry, I learned, at least I've been told by several people who hunt pronghorn regular, that most of those people who say that they're just not caring for the animal properly after they get it down in the hot weather and the meat's spoiling. Is that the case, or does it really not taste that good? I believe that's the case. I've had over 50 pronghorn go through my freezer between me and my family, and we've never had a bad one. I've talked to many other people who I respect and how they take care of their meat. They've never had a bad one. So, I I mean, any animal, I guess, there, there could be the outlier. But pronghorn to me is just absolutely fantastic table fare. And in my pronghorn course, we go into an entire chapter called After the Shot. How do you take care of this thing? How do you make sure this wonderful meat ends up being all it can be when you get it into the kitchen? 
Oh, I'm so glad I brought that up. Didn't even know that was part of the topic that you were covering, but I think that's fantastic. What else are you covering when it comes to pronghorn hunting? We have one course dedicated specifically to archery tactics, under rifle tactics. We get into a lot about pronghorn, where they live and why they live there, a big part of it. And it's those chapters were really exciting to me because they're kind of a natural history chapter with pronghorn being a uniquely North American species. It uses the landscape of North America for a certain reason, for escapement, for predator detection. And once you connect those pieces about why they need to be where they should be, it's a lot easier to find them. And so uh, we talked about that. We talked about all the studies that show how their food patterns shift from forbs in the spring and early summer to short grasses to pretty much all shrubs later in the year and browse. And then also how they're, we mostly hunt buck pronghorn, male pronghorn. And so how they have this pre-rut behavior, how they have a peak rut behavior, and how they have a post-rut behavior. And then we get into watering times and watering preferences. Why do they select this watering place versus that watering place? Because they live in some pretty arid environments, and water is a critical factor for pronghorn. So we do a whole chapter about why, when, where, how pronghorn prefer to water. And people who've watched the course, they're like, you know, this is more of a natural history course than it was a hunting course. And when I get that comment, I get kind of a smile because that, that was part of the goal. If you understand more about the animal, you'll understand why they need certain things and where they go on that landscape to satisfy that need. And it makes it a lot easier to hunt them. This sounds absolutely fascinating, Randy. I, I want to see this myself. I guess the question is this. How much does it cost to sign up for OutdoorClass.com? Yeah, you get the entire library, including Corey Jacobson's University of Elk Hunting. So you get all the classes we've talked about, any future classes that come out. It's $99 a year, but for your audience, John, they can save 20% if they use promo code Randy when they sign up. Well, that sounds like a great deal, folks. Again, outdoorclass.com is a website to go to. If you want 20% off, just use the promo code RANDY, and you'll get that, and you can be a better hunter. You can be a better wild game cook. And one other thing I should mention, you've got a survival expert on board now, too, don't you? Yeah, John Barkwell. He spent 26 years teaching Navy SEALs things about cold weather and and survival. So John just, we released his first class in February. We've got him on the docket for two more classes. So if you're looking for some real skills about how to, one, survive out there, but to be comfortable out there, because if you're more comfortable, you're going to be more effective as a hunter. You're going to, you aren't going to find a better expert than John Barclay. All right. Well, hunting, wild game and fish cooking, and survival, it's all waiting for you at OutdoorClass.com. Sign up today and use the promo code RANDY for 20% off your subscription for the first year. Randy, thanks so much for sharing this with us today, and good luck on your Alaska bear hunt. Thanks so much, John. I appreciate it. Look forward to when we get to catch up in person. Now, if you are going to Alaska for a spring bear hunt, you can count on the fact it's probably going to be wet. And that's why an all-weather lever-action rifle from Henry Repeating Arms would be a really good bet. They've got an all-weather Picatinny rail, 4570 side gate, their all-weather lever-action side gate, and their lever-action X model, all chambered in 4570, which is a great 
caliber for big Alaskan bears. In addition to being weather resistant, these rifles are all made in the USA. They are all rugged, they're reliable, and they shoot accurate right out of the box. Check out the entire lineup of rifles at henryusa.com and don't forget to ask for your free decals and catalog while you're there. This is the time of year to get out and cook out. So make your next meal sizzle with Camp Chef, the brand known for quality outdoor cooking. From camp stoves to cast iron, from smokers to grills, Camp Chef will change the way you cook outdoors. To eat like a king on your next adventure, go to CampChef.com or visit your local sporting goods store and get cooking. Whether you're serving breakfast in the backcountry or barbecue on the back patio, savor the simplicity with Camp Chef. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Hunting and fishing are exercises in hope. Before you head into the woods, you hope to tag out on a deer you'll have to field dress. Before you make that first cast, you hope for a big fish to clean and fillet. When your hopes are realized, you'll need a sharp knife. Whether you sharpen that blade on a power sharpener in the shop or a manual sharpener in the field, WorkSharp has the tool for you. Look for WorkSharp products in sporting and stores near you or online at WorkSharpTools.com. Are you looking to reel in the marketing opportunity of a lifetime? Then set the hook because we've got it right here for you. America Outdoors Radio has sponsorships available, and we offer affordable platforms to reach thousands of listeners interested in fishing, hunting, and the outdoors. Find out more by contacting John Cruz through his website at AmericaOutdoorsRadio.com. That's AmericaOutdoorsRadio.com. Hurry, though. If you wait too long, the big opportunity might get away. The Dalles in Oregon is your base camp for fishing fun. Reel in big salmon, tangle with steelhead, bass, and walleye, or wrestle a monster sturgeon to the boat. After the day is done, you'll find a variety of lodging options around town. Need to resupply? We've got you covered with sporting goods stores plus great dining, breweries, wineries, and can't-miss attractions like the Gorge Discovery Center. Plan your fishing getaway today at explorethedalles.com. That's explorethedalles.com. Attention small business owners, this could be the most important 10-minute call you will ever make. You could recover up to $26,000 per employee today. And all you have to do is make one short 10-minute call to take your business up a notch or bounce back from these difficult couple of years. Omega Accounting Solutions can help you recover any payroll tax overpayments you made during the pandemic. You may even be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee. All it takes is a quick, easy, free 10-minute ERC consultation to determine if you qualify. Omega is the small business champion with teams dedicated to maximizing tax credits. They know their stuff so well that CPAs and payroll companies even turn to Omega for ERC tax guidance. Call 800-300-9ERC. That's 800-300-9ERC. 1-800-300-9ERC or visit OmegaTaxCredits.com.
Next up on America Outdoors Radio, we are taking you to the beautiful Columbia River Gorge, bordering Oregon and Washington, and specifically to Rufus. That's where you can find a great little tackle shop, Gorge Outfitter Supply, and we've got the owner on the line, Wendy Boyer. Wendy, great to have you back on the air. Hey, hey, how are you doing? Doing good. I see that the Chinook salmon numbers have finally picked up on the Columbia River. We've been looking at anywhere from 5,000 to 8,000 springers crossing Bonneville Dam over the last week. How's the fishing been in the gorge near you? Well, of course, our salmon season closed here on the 6th before the fish got here. We generally see that every year. But we have all switched over to walleye fishing and catch and release sturgeon and catfish for the most part and bass fishing. And let's talk a little bit about the walleye fishing. I'm guessing the spawn is done at this point. So where are the fish at and how big are they? That is correct. We are done with spawn, and um, the middle of April, the dams opened up all the spillways, which creates a significant current that these walleye do not like. So it pushes them generally farther away from the dam, tucked in tighter to the bank. So last week when I fished, I was fishing anywhere from 7 feet to 30 feet on the Oregon side and also on the Washington side, way down below the Biggs Bridge, getting away from this heavy current, and was quite successful. Were you using uh, bottom walkers with like a spinner worm harness, or were you using those bandit crankbaits that I know you really like? We were trolling with uh, four-ounce bottom walkers, and I was using um, the walleye harnesses that we tie up here in the store, just testing a lot of different colors to see what they were liking that particular day. I will tell you that when we were out there in full sun, I only fished for about four hours and tested six, seven different colors, and they definitely are targeting the, uh, the pinks. They like the pinks in full sun. Well, I know that happens to be one of your favorite colors, so that works out pretty well, too. Let's talk about the catfish. That's something I don't think a lot of people think about. They think of the Columbia River, but you've got the John Day River, and the Lower John Day is a premier channel catfish destination during the month of May, and you just happen to have a catfish derby that's going on there later this month. Tell our listeners about it. We have our annual catfish derby on the John Day River, the lower arm section, which is about an eight-mile stretch that they're allowed to fish in the derby. Regardless of the water flows and the murkiness of that river, it really does not affect the catfish. You know, just as long as you're finding those deeper holes and getting your bait down where those catfish are, you're guaranteed to pull up some nice cats. And I know the, the dates for this are Saturday, May 27th, Sunday, May 28th. And it's not just fishing. You've got some country music Sunday at 5 p.m. That's on the 28th. And free admission for all contestants. You do have to pay a cover charge for your non-contestant uh, with some great food, too. Actually, it's totally changed this year. Our structure to the Derby, instead of entering as individuals, we have now changed it to entering for teams. So two-person teams, up to three teams maximum per boat or the bank. And on Sunday, the 28th, when we have our award ceremony with a ton of awesome prizes this year, we are also offering our live music entertainment provided by Countryfied, who is a local country famous band in our area that everybody knows. And the entire live music event is free and open to the public. So there will be no cover charge charged at the gate to get in. You don't see the live entertainment this year. The only additional fee that we will have is if you're coming just for the dinner and you're a non-contestant, there will be a fee for the dinner. And you're welcome to stay and join in on the festivities of the award ceremony, dinner, dancing, and we will also have a outside beer garden. Oh, sounds like all sorts of fun. So who's the band and who's serving up dinner? 
So the band this year is Countryfied. That's who we've had for the last three years. It's a local family, the Mobleys, that live here in this county. They're the band members. And the dinner this year is going to be catered by Jeff and his crew at Bob's Texas T-Bone. He puts on a real nice dinner for this event for us. All right. And how much is a team ticket to compete in the Catfish Derby in Rufus, Oregon? And where do you get the tickets? So if you want to enter the Derby itself, since we have switched it over to teams this year, your team entry fee for the Derby itself is $110 per team. And that $110 also covers your cost of your meal and to attend the event. Well, it sounds like a great weekend to me, and I'm guessing that the top prizes go to the heaviest fish, or is it the heaviest stringer? Well, we've totally changed that structure, too. So we're going to be doing an overall combined weight, so each team is allowed to weigh in three fish per day. So Sunday, at the final weigh-in, we will figure out who has the heaviest weight of their three fish per day. We've also added a cash pod this year, so if you want to enter the cash pod, you're just going to contribute $20 per day toward the cash pod, and the team with the heaviest overall fish of the event will win the cash pot each day. And then we've also added individual prizes to try to give everybody an opportunity to try to win in on some of these prizes. So you can enter as an individual instead of a team for the longest catfish. In addition to that, we also, like we always have had our kids category of all kids 12 and under. So those are all entered as an individual. It's going to be a little too hard to get kids to have team members. So we've done the kids category as individuals only. Okay. Well, folks, this sounds like a ton of fun. Make plans to head to Rufus, Oregon, the Lower John Day River, Saturday, May 27th, Sunday, May 28th, and participate in this Catfish Derby. You can get your tickets at Gorge Outfitters Supply in Rufus. Again, $110 for a team entry, and that includes not only the tournament, but also dinner and great music from the band Country Five, starting Sunday the 28th at 5 p.m. Again, Gorge Outfitter Supply is the way to go. Find them online. You can go to Gorge Outfitter Supply on Facebook or gorgeoutfitters.com on the Internet. Wendy, thanks as always. I hope you have a great event again this year. Thanks, John. One more thing I would like to add for the event is we do have a mandatory meeting at 6 a.m. on Saturday the 27th located here at the store where we will go over all of the rules. Everybody will get their free bait and away they go. Good to know. Again, folks, May 27th to the 28th, it's the Catfish Derby at Rufus, Oregon. Don't miss it. In other news, Memorial Day weekend is happening next weekend, and there's going to be a lot of people at the campgrounds and a lot of boats on the water to celebrate the unofficial start to summer. With that in mind, I thought we'd share some boat safety tips from Susan Stalker. She's the Boating Law Administrator and Education Coordinator for the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. Number one, remember that alcohol and boating, they don't mix. Not only will you make bad decisions if you're drinking too much alcohol, but wind, sun glare, and heat can enhance the effects of alcohol and hinder your ability to operate the boat. Number two, check for open ramps or water hazards before heading out. A lot of reservoirs are at full pool right now, and some of those boat ramps, well, they might not be very accessible. Before leaving the house, make sure you check the trailer lights, the wheel bearings, and the hitch, and make sure you've got air in the tires, too. You'll also want to make sure you've got a current fire extinguisher and a horn and whistle, along with a wearable life jacket for everybody, and a U.S. Coast Guard-approved flotation device on board, too. 
If you're heading down a river or just to the lake, make sure somebody knows where you're going and when they expect you to return, so that if you don't return on time, they can alert the authorities and get you some help if you need it. Also, make sure that you wear your life jacket. It floats and you don't. Very simple and sweet there. And remember this, inflatable life jackets, they're really lightweight and they're comfortable. I wear one all the time when I'm bass fishing. And you should consider doing the same, no matter what kind of fishing you're doing. You may also want to take a boater education course. They're available online through many states and some states actually require you to take one of these courses and have a card before you operate a boat, including my home state of Washington. Some more advice from Susan Stalker includes having someone on your boat be a lookout for large debris that's often just under the water with only a small portion of it showing above water. It's easy to miss and you can cause some major damage to your vessel if you hit rocks at high speed. And when it comes to those life jackets, make sure that they're also in good condition and that they're the right size for each person on board. An adult life jacket doesn't work really well for a little kid. One other thing, the drain plug. Make sure that you put that in. I'm sorry to admit that my best friend and I twice have forgotten to put the drain plug in, launching at the ramp, and it's a, a little embarrassing. Thank goodness for bilge pumps. Finally, the two top safety violations in Iowa are having, number one, inadequate life jackets, and number two, operating too fast and too close to other vessels. Thank you again, Susan Stalker, for this reminder about safe boating before a whole bunch of people hit the water next weekend. On that note, it is time to wrap things up. If you weren't able to catch the whole show, we'll upload it in a few days as a podcast. We've got all of our past episodes available as podcasts, too. Pretty much anywhere you can listen to them, you can hear them. And that includes our website at americaoutdoorsradio.com. Check out our sponsor links. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be bringing you this show every week, so support them as they support us. Here's hoping the week ahead and Memorial Day weekend is a great one for you and involves some time outside. After all, it is your country and your outdoors, so get out there and enjoy it. <laughs>